0: Hey guys, this is your host John Palmieri and I'm your host Ahmed Shada and we're back with another episode of black box podcast This episode will be diving into the topic of generations And how the generation you fall into aka the time period in which you grew up affects your principles and or views on life
1: Yeah, we're gonna split up the discussion into a few different key topics so we're gonna try to hit investment and business the morals, views, and beliefs of different generations, family dynamics, and career motivators, and then, of course, stereotypes. So given that the topic of generations is very broad, I'm going to try to keep it focused on the areas that I just mentioned and compare between the baby boomers, Gen Y, Gen Z, and so on. So, John, do you know what are, like, the yearly cutoffs for the different generations
0: well uh i mean i didn't at first which i feel like most people don't they usually just have a little guess but uh according to pew research which uh, seems to be a good place i get information from like last uh podcast the silent generation was born in 1928 to 1945 boomers were born in 1946 to 1964 Gen X was born in nineteen sixty five to nineteen eighty. Millennials were born in nineteen eighty one to nineteen ninety six. And Gen Z, whoo, <laughs> were born from uh in nineteen ninety seven to two thousand and twelve. So uh I'm Gen Z. What about you? Yeah, I'm Gen
1: Z too. Wait, so we are in the same generation as like people who are born up until two thousand twelve? Oh, uh, so we are we're
0: we're with TikTokers. Wait, how are we not millennials though? Like, are, no. aren't we technically no. millennials? No, I, I mean, that's what I thought too. But I mean, we're really at the cutoff. So I know, uh, like, my older sister is a millennial, which is weird to think about. But also, I just wanted to make a quick note. Obviously, different websites have different years that are slightly off. I've seen some say Gen Z starts at 1996. And millennials end at 1995 so we're just using this as a reference a rough outline but uh just to give you an idea um yeah so let's uh let's flame some boomers
1: So investing, uh, the first thing I have in our little outline that we, that we use to just like stay on track with our conversation is a direct quote of a bum ass boomer that doesn't exist that I created. And it reads, if it isn't Exxon Mobil, I'm not interested Of course, this has nothing, like, we have no issues with ExxonMobil as a company. I actually, like, applied for a job there when I was a junior in college, but we're just talking about, like, the pretty conservative investment strategies of older people, which, of course, like, makes sense. Like, you don't want to, like, YOLO all your life savings on GameStop when you're, like, 65 years old, but... And, like, even even to add on to that, like, if you invest uh through your 401k into, like, some kind of fund where it's, like, this is the year that you're going to retire. Like, for my 401k, I have some of the money goes into retirement of, like, 2065 or some, like, crazy shit so far in the future. Like, as it gets closer to that date, your money moves into much more, like, much safer investments. So, like, Money markets and bonds and that kind of stuff and I had to look up what a money market was because honestly I had no idea like what a money market was. Maybe I'm an idiot, but just for the sake of Those who may not know I'll explain it real quick. So money markets basically when You give your money to a bank and then that bank loans money to large corporations and then those large corporations eventually pay back their loans to the bank and then you collect the money with some interest. Of course the bank probably makes a fuck ton of money as well, but Definitely. like you get yeah. like like 3-4% or something like that through a money market. Um
0: uh well just to piggyback that real quick before I transition to the the opposite of this I guess uh characteristic but our friend Brendan, I like to joke around with him and tell him that he's a boomer, just living in a, a 22, 23 year old's body. Because when all our friends are talking about making investments, you know, doing our thing and I'm, I'm pretty risky, but he always tends to lean towards a conservative route. So, you know, I just like to crack jokes at him and I wanted to shout him out real quick, but as he, as Ahmed talked about, uh, conservative investing for, you know, boomer generation or the older generations, I wanted to, you know, shed some light on probably what a bunch of you have been seeing in the news about wall street bets, which is basically a Reddit page full of users that are tend to be younger retail investors, which means that they're just people like us investing their money, not hedge funds or institutions. But, uh, Basically, they just talk about making crazy investments and pumping stocks together because there's so many people in that group that they could actually drive the price of a stock up or down, which is basically what happened with GameStop the first time. I guess now, I don't know. I guess it's still happening, but they made a bunch of management changes, so it looks like it's kind of warranted. But uh, yeah, and this all kind of comes with the idea that in the past, maybe five, six, seven years- apps on your phone like Robinhood, weeble TD Ameritrade which has been around but they all started offering easy to to use user friendly uh commission free commission free true well, not all of them actually TD is they take commission on options at least mm. but uh just these apps these being implemented into you know society it allows normal people to be able to trade from their phones every day without having to you know communicate with I don't know, back then, what, would you have to make a call in to have someone execute the trade for you? Yeah, right? Yeah, probably. But uh, just some quick statistics. So, in 2020, retail investors, which are normal people, not institutions, that made up about 20% of trading volume, which is a lot. That's one fit. Wait, hold on. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt you. Uh,
1: have you ever heard of the 80-20 rule? Yeah. It's like how so many things in nature, it's like there's like an eighty percent to twenty percent split of like wealth in the world. Like twenty percent of the people in the world have eighty percent of the money, and vice versa. It's crazy because retail investors make up eighty percent of the actual number of investors, yet they only in like they only make up twenty percent of the market. So um, like these hedge funds that have, say, a hedge fund has like a hundred workers their decisions will just completely destroy like thousands of retail investors decisions just based on like the amount of volume and cash that they have
0: yeah it's basically i mean the game is really set up for them to win they as, as with this whole thing that went on with gamestop and how the apps were shutting down trading for retail investors it just goes to show that you know, head funds are always gonna win at the end of the day. The game is tailored around them because they have all the money. No one really gives a shit about the little guy. Yeah. But that that was the whole reason that they did all this shit is just to fucking fight back. <laughs> but just to continue to go on what I was talking about, uh that twenty percent that retail investors make up in trading volume. That number increased over 4% since the year before 2019 and also more than doubled since 2010. So it just goes to show that those apps coming around definitely made a difference, but I don't think that even needed to be said. Um, the Also, the ability to control your trading for people using this app, it took away some of the feeling that the market was an exclusive game only meant for the rich, but we also realized that that it's still meant for the rich they just, like, we just have an opportunity to lose a shit ton of money now <laughs>
1: like even though like you're even though you can play and like sit at the table or like you yeah. can look at the table but you can't sit you're at not the even table. it's an illusion
0: that you think you're playing but you're not actually playing you're just getting fucked over <laughs> um no okay I, I just wanted to say that uh like the thing with with the wall street bets and reddit uh the best part about it all is even when people lose a shit ton of money, they still post it. So you basically get to see like, it was funny because in the rise of GME and AMC and BlackBerry, Nokia, et cetera, you saw all these people posting hundred thousand dollar gains, like a million dollar in gains. It was also that guy, deep fucking value who was up like 58 million at one point. But then just as quick as it went up, you got to see everyone just below it all. Like, because people didn't want to take profit and got greedy. but And, you know, yeah. it was crazy
1: when you would see, like... all right, I bought into the GameStop hype. I got fucked. It went back yeah, up got right after too. I sold it. And I was, <laughs> I, I was just like, you know what? I'm not buying into this bullshit anymore. But, like, it's insane that, like, you see somebody and you just, like, yeah, I put, like, my entire life savings into GameStop. Like, let's get this shit to the moon. And then, like, it's so, like... This like I'm not even trying to be a boomer. Like I take I take pretty
0: well, no, I mean, pretty
1: substantial risks. But that is yeah. all of your money into one of the
0: riskiest
1: investments, probably in like the past
0: ten I mean, years. There's there's a hundred percent difference between being a risky trader and just being like a complete monkey. dumbass, because. <laughs> 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 People were taking money that they couldn't afford to lose and putting it on a company thinking it with, with no due diligence, no technical analysis, no anything, just based off what some random fucking people said online. Don't get me wrong. I lost a shit ton of money in GME, but I also did technical analysis. It just didn't work out because when you're trading on something like that, it can go to shit at any moment. Yeah. But I also didn't put in money I couldn't lose. Exactly. So I watched it all go away and it didn't really bother <laughs> me. <laughs> but yo, if I, if I saw my life savings just go down the drain within minutes like for some people it was minutes they bought it and then it dipped and they lost it all like what, i what, just i don't know what i would do what I don't do you even f- do like you you have no money now i don't know <laughs> i mean i know we could talk about stocks all day and we'll probably do something small or maybe a full episode dedicated entirely to that but let's transition to talking about morals views and beliefs of different generations all right. So I'll I'll kick off this conversation
1: um with like my relative uh, my my pretty religious upbringing. Um so I was uh born into a Muslim family. Um I am a Muslim. I do believe in the religion. I don't actively practice most of the uh requirements for the religion, but i just want to like talk about like my differences with like my parents for example uh my dad my parents are like much more conservative and old school with like a bunch of like different things that you might like we might think are pretty acceptable like my dad thinks it's unacceptable um so like if we talk about marriage for example like my my parents didn't have like an arranged marriage like it was pretty common back in the day. Like they, they got married in Egypt. They, they like met through like a mutual friend and then like liked each other, got married and then learned to love each other, which I think is pretty bizarre, but that, is
0: that oh, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but is that like the fact that they met each other through friends and didn't get an arranged marriage? Was that even a little bit taboo back then? Like were all their friends getting arranged marriages? Not, it wasn't like taboo. I mean,
1: the thing is, like, the friend that introduced them was like a family member,
0: so it kind of counts.
1: Yeah, it, it's, I don't know, it's like a, it is arranged by like the definition of the word arranged, but they did still have some choice, which is good because like, the, like I know I've I've seen a bunch of stuff about like marriages in India where like an eighteen year old sold, girl, sold ba- off, like. yeah, basically it's like, oh, I will give you like. 20 cows for your wife for your daughter and then it's like the woman has no say at all and that's that's just okay with like older older generations.
0: that sounds weird to you but imagine me being you know like normal upstate white kid like you know catholic christian but even like the idea of like i only believe in you meeting someone falling in love with them and then getting married so if even for you and your culture it's kind of common to have an arranged marriage not really now but back then and that seems weird to what they do in India like all this shit seems crazy from when I found all this <laughs> shit out the first time I was like what the fuck is going on yeah yeah I and mean and, but I also respected like clearly what you're about to say next in the U.S. we don't do that great anyway and that we usually go the route yeah. I'm talking about
1: <laughs> yeah so in in like these in like these more conservative countries, the divorce rates are pretty low, um, like probably less than 20 percent, maybe even less than 10. Uh, there could be multiple reasons for this, like even like just talking to my parents about extended family members in Egypt. People get married not because they love each other, like they barely even like they know each other, but they don't have like strong feelings for each other just yet. They get married to each other because it quote unquote makes sense, and I've heard that saying so much from my parents and it's it's I understand their perspective, but like my like the ideal marriage in my opinion is you love somebody, it makes sense, you get married,
0: yeah no i but I also kind of feel like the entire idea of doing like a legal marriage is kind of because it makes sense too right like that's something that I feel like is being pushed on lately. Like, yeah, for needing sure. to get married or not. Because at the end of the day, if you still love each other and want to be faithful, like it's going to happen, but the legal shit makes it binding, and which I mean, right or wrong or what you, whatever you agree, it's more like that does seem a little odd when you take a step back too, because it's more like we doing the shit for taxes like, yeah. and, and re, like rebates on kids or whatever, like, all that shit. <laughs> It's, it's a, it's like the at least our country. I don't know how it works in others, but like it's almost encouraged because you get all these benefits. It's it's like a
1: legal contract. It's like you are a partner with another person through a, like a legal, like entity. Yeah. And like going off of like this legal stuff, um, real quick, I'm going to mention that the American Psychological Association, uh, they had on their website that the, that the U.S. is divorce rate usually hovers between forty to fifty percent, like depending on the year, which is absolutely insane. That like half of all marriages end in a divorce, but this is this is something that's crazy. My dad was telling me that the owner of his company, he works at a pretty small company. Obviously, he was fucking loaded. He got in. He had a divorce with his wife and. She didn't work because, like, he he was bringing in like millions per year. He had to pay for her divorce lawyer, who ended up like winning in court, like winning some of like his money in court, which I just
0: think is well, yeah, usually crazy. If, if you have more money, you also pay for their court fees. Yeah, and I've heard about that happening too. I know it's wild. It's more like yo, you just got double fucked. Yeah, it's but like you're I'm- paying for somebody to fuck you over. So then, how do you feel about a prenup? Just the general idea of it, not saying for you or...
1: All right. I, I've actually, I've talked with my, both my dad and and Luna about it. I mean, and if
0: I met someone and it was already, I was already at a point that was super successful, I don't really know. Like, I don't want to say I'd I'd want a prenup, but the amount of times I've gotten fucked over and screwed over by people in this world, like, I don't <laughs> trust anyone anymore. So, if I had a shit ton yeah. of money and I knew someone was giving me attention and I maybe felt like it was because of the money, I'd definitely ask for a prenup.
1: Yeah, Luna and I have talked about it, and we're, like... But you can tell if the real feelings are there, too, at the same time. I don't know. I mean, like, I I know the real feelings are there, but we've talked about it. Like, we don't know what exactly is the right path, and that's, like, something that we agreed we'll, like, discuss later. But then I talked to my dad about it, and he's just like, prenups don't mean shit. If they want something, they'll just sue you for it, and they'll probably get it. And I was like... I mean that that's a pretty negative way to look at everything, but
0: it's kind of true too, though, because they're mad scum. Yeah, he told me. He told me his
1: boss had a prenup, and she. Oh, he had a prenup too, and And she still took. I think she gets like.
0: I think it it might it might just affect them from taking like your assets and stuff. Yeah, if you're married to someone and they're not working, like they took a hit. On their life to not have a career. Yeah. So to like support you or like ra- help raise a family or something. So, I mean, I do think they deserve something. You can't throw someone out on the street. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, unless they cheated on you. Yeah. That's a different story. <laughs> it, it's just, it's
1: crazy because there are just so many different, like, like, uh, I'm saying it
0: makes it a legal mess out of, like, yeah. out of nowhere. Like and You know what I'm it, saying? We got this last- conversation just realizing that marriage is like a legal complication when in reality it wouldn't even be a discussion if you were just. If it was yeah.
1: all about like love and family and stuff, then all of the, all this entire like a legal disaster that could last people, it could take you years to get a divorce, like wouldn't even exist.
0: Oh, it takes, yeah, I feel like it never is that quick. Every time I hear about people going through a divorce, it's like four or five year process unless you're really trying to wrap it up quick (laughs) but um i guess this kind of gives us good segue into the point i wanted to make i mean it's just the idea that every generation kind of just pushes on the previous generation's ideas and maybe they're not from the previous but just what has followed from past generations like right now everything that's happened in the past year our generation is making it a point to really you know prioritize equal rights for everyone um yeah like not not discrimination no discrimination in the workforce uh just pushing on past beliefs that don't really make sense like we said the marriage thing uh like people in power always seeming to abuse it all these people getting uncovered for you know taking advantage of the power they had uh, sexually assaulting people etc like when you have like... uh It was just things that our society would, for some reason, push under the rug and let happen. I feel like our generation is like the generation before us stood up for other things. We're standing... We chose to stand up for these things. And we're... I feel like our generation is very humanitarian. Like we're, we're putting people first, not money, not success, not work, which something that didn't really happen before. Yeah. I feel like it's on a bigger scale, but I don't know because I didn't live back then. Maybe to our parents, it was a huge uproar at the time, but I feel like... There, because there's so many people on earth and social media can be spread around. Like this shit's really so many things have gotten uncovered in quarantine, especially because everyone has time. Like at this point, I don't trust anyone. I believe that everyone in power is just fucking us over. Like, and it's facts though. Like it was all this stuff that when we grew up, we were like, it's probably true, but we don't have any facts. So we can't really say it during this time. They admitted so much shit and did so much stuff in front of us, and they didn't even care. Like it got to the point where they were like, "All right, we don't give a fuck. We're just going to start killing people." Like, <laughs> it's fucking it's and insane. like the hypocrisy of like, like the like when people were doing protests for Black Lives Matter, that they used every negative word in the book to describe those. But then when people literally stormed the Capitol building to try and harm Congress members, Senate—I don't know what the right word would would be or who was meeting at the time but everyone was like oh we're, we're just protesting the election results yeah tell me how the fuck make it make sense for me because those two were one they were not the same one was clearly triggered on violence and the other one was a movement which yeah maybe there was some violence in it but just the way the news portrayed it and Use negative connotations for something that was for a good cause and then something that's clearly to harm people They you they tried to make it sound like it wasn't as bad as it was and uh no i just think our generations maybe we're the one that's going to turn some shit around but that's probably what every generation feels like yeah
1: all right uh we'll take a quick break you want to know something fucking insane like there was this guy in a position of power somewhere in Eastern Europe. And he was, like, this huge anti-gay advocate. And, um like, a f- he's been, like, terrible to, like, the gay community for his entire time in power. And then I saw something in the news about that same dude getting, like, found at a, like, 20-person gay orgy... Which I think is, like, when you were talking about hypocrisy before, like, this is, like,
0: the prime example of a hypocrite. No, I feel like it's the case, like, for a lot of people, like, I guess maybe they feel scared to, or they they feel some type of insecurity about it, so then they openly reject it meanwhile they're the ones that are committing the same act so i feel like that's all a case a lot of times you know like with people in power
1: yeah people always like preach something and then do like the Oppos- complete
0: opposite I, I don't really know why though i mean maybe it's because they're afraid of getting rejected by other peers that's maybe it's for just like general popularity or something i don't know i, don't know. I mean i it, i feel like i don't know i feel like it, for me if it's hard for me to pretend to be a different kind of person. Like it's hard enough for me to be my genuine self, you know?
1: Yeah. They just like, they, they're like tasked with just like keeping up their like identity or status or whatever it is. But yeah, it's pretty fucking weird. All right. Now we're going to talk a little bit about family dynamics and just like, uh, the careers of different generations. So, what do you think is like which generations do you think are known for working the
0: hardest? Uh, I mean, I definitely feel like boomers and millennials. I don't know. I feel like I see a lot of stuff online about how millennials are right. Isn't it's millennials that yeah. are known yeah. for all of a sudden making it like a work 24 seven environment. But then I also feel like the boomers, which are more like our parents always talk about that. They had three jobs at 12 years old. Like
1: and they like had <laughs> to like walk like a hundred miles to get to school and shit like that. And then Gen Z is known to just be like lazy, lazy fucks bones, yeah. and they don't do anything. Um, but interestingly, you'll hear later that it's not actually the case. And that, Uh, There are a bunch of statistics that back up the fact that Gen Z and Millennials, like the two generations, will probably have it harder and tougher than our parents' generations and their parents' generation. Things are just like, wait, we live in a world that's so competitive now. Like every year, the acceptance rates of colleges goes down. Every year, like you need more degrees to get like a specific job and shit. Like, before, a manager could just be some guy who spent, like, some time at the company. He maybe went to college. and Interviewed well. Yeah, interviewed well. He got promoted, and that's it. Now it's like, oh, do you have, like, these fucking, like, 30 different qualifications that, like, an entry-level job with two to five years of experience. It's like, how are you supposed to enter the workforce if every job has this two to five year of experience like requirement
0: Oh, like that joke where people will look for like right out of college uh, job postings on linkedin and it'll be like two to five years experience in job like
1: yeah yeah what (laughs) how (laughs) like i i saw a tiktok about how getting a job in the 70s like you could just go up to an employer and you could be like dressed like shit and like uh just be like hey i want a job and the guy just like you're hired like immediately you're hired and he was like do you want to know my name he's like nope you're hired and then it's like now some dude pulls up he's like in a suit he's like i have a bachelor's degree a master's degree a phd and then the guy just like gives him the finger is like get out
0: go fuck off like <laughs> uh, and and also like fuck what i was gonna say and not not even based on like achievements also like How you said he didn't even give his name. I mean, obviously it's a joke, but he didn't even give his name and he was like, you're hired. Now you got to get security clearances and background checks and drug tests and they want your hair on file and your fingerprints. Like they want to know everything about you, where you came from. Like,
1: yeah, like even, even like living in Long Island, um, like I, my parents didn't grow up here, but teachers I had in like high school, I remember, They would tell me that like, oh, yeah, everyone used to work at Northrop Grumman before they split up, which was like apparently Long Island was like a hub for defense companies,
0: which makes sense. I guess I can talk on that quickly because I work in defense right now, but like constantly when we're talking about other companies or whether it's competition or ones that we're working with on other programs. A lot of them are based on Long Island, and a lot of them started here. Yeah. Northrop, they, and a lot of people from DDC started at Northrop and came here. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, and it's like everyone, everyone just had
1: a job there, and it was like, it wasn't like that big of a deal. deal. But now,
0: if you work for Northrop, you're like top of your field.
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna pose a question to you: Uh, Which generation or generations? Uh, do you think stress, having fun, and like living life to the fullest, uh, maybe they prioritize that over working? Do you think there's like
0: any type of correlation there? Well, I mean, uh, based on, you kind of said before that it's the opposite. So I don't know if I want to lean that way now, but I don't know. I feel like just because the way we grew up and what our parents told us, I think that. They were more work centered, start a family, pay your dues, do what you got to do. And our generation sways more towards having the balance. I don't know. At least that's how I feel because like throughout college, like, yeah, like work hard, play hard, make sure you have fun to make the the working hard actually worth it and pay off. Because if you're just working hard all the time and not enjoying your life, now what are you doing? But maybe some some people like are addicted to work and that's what they like, but
1: yes. Uh, all right. So I definitely see what you're, where you're coming from, but I feel like, like it's capped that all these, like all like our older generations are telling us like, yeah, when I was your age, I worked like 20 hours a day. Like that might be true for some people, but the overwhelming majority probably did just as much like delinquent shit that we do now. like, they're just older so now they think
0: differently and, it's like and they how, try to apply that to like you at your age because they're trying to instill some type of values and i also feel like it's even now i'm seeing it as we're all working we're all like yo i'm so busy like yo i'm so busy we're all busy don't get me wrong but we're also all like we still make time to do our own thing fuck around take breaks during the day yeah, yeah. i think it's just yeah probably like how our society make they it's almost like outside pressure making you feel like you got to be working hard all the time or else you're a bomb and you're a failure and a yeah loser. exactly when there are people that make it make it and make a huge impact on the world just because one thing worked out for them yeah um so i mean this is less about the career now more towards family but i guess we could get into the topic of disciplining children how different generations handled that but uh do you think parents are disciplining children now, like in the present day, more or less? Uh, this could be in general. Also, I, I guess we should talk, brush on the topic about like hitting, smacking, spanking kids, because I feel like that was definitely more acceptable and more like, like openly accepted back then. And now it's becoming less and less. Uh, just, just real quick, but before you respond, but according to a University of Minnesota study, The uh, proportion of parents who said that they spanked their children dropped from 50% in 1993 all the way to 35% in 2017, so it definitely shows that there's a decrease, but that also could be just the fact that people are reporting it less, maybe they're afraid of being judged or something, but...
1: And to answer your question from before, I mean... Yeah, sorry. I don't... No, no, you're good. I don't know if this is, like, ubiquitous, but my parents disciplined the shit out of me when I was growing up, and I grew up in, like, the 2000s for the most part, like, I, I didn't get, sp- like, I didn't get I, did, spanked, I just think the, diff- like, the
0: difference between out- the newer generation of kids growing up and the older was, like, my parents would get the shit beat out of them, but now it's, like, I'd get a smack or a spank or, like, something like that, and. What do you, what do you mean by spank? Like. Spank on the butt?
1: Okay, okay. Oh. No, because th- that's what I thought. Like, I, all right, I never got spanked,
0: but like, I don't know if I got, every, every once got in a while, on, like, like, I would it, get like a little smack across the face. Yeah, yeah, that's what I got, or maybe like a little bit of soap.
1: That's not, <laughs> sometimes
0: if I said a, a curse word, I get soap. But, I mean, my parents didn't do anything bad to me, so maybe I don't relate. But
1: yeah, like obviously there are gonna be like like abusive parents out there that are like like that's that's outside of this, but in general. Like, I, like, my family friend Adam, he's, like, 13 right now.
0: He's already 13?
1: Yeah, dude. He, he's, he's like, the king of his house. Like, his world, his word is he's the He's main law. character
0: in his own life. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I don't know. Like, he, he's a good kid. He doesn't really do anything wrong, but I don't think his parents would ever touch him. But... He's also an only child, so I feel like maybe that might be...
0: Might have some sway on it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like what... I think we can both agree, though, that the sentiment of people overall is, like, swaying away from that. Yeah, like, even people people that they're, are they're few a few years... A more effective way of disciplining your kids and just, like, beating the shit out of them and then telling them to go <laughs> to their bed, like... <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: people that are, like, a few years older than us and have kids, like, they would tell you, I would never, ever hit my kids yeah but the do you do you think that like the older generations when they were having their first kid or probably before they had do you think they said the same shit and then it's just like wow my son is really annoying or my daughter is annoying the shit out of me and then like react in like a pretty shitty way i know
0: yeah i mean at the end of the day if if my kid like is disrespecting me consistently and there's clearly like a power imbalance, I'm going to have to do something to like fix that. But I also think that like physically like disciplining your child only creates like some sort of fear. Yeah.
1: I, I actually like I'm taking an uh, organizational behavior class right now for my masters. And we were, we were learning about like reward systems and apparently like, reward versus punishment, right? Usually people think if you punish someone for a certain action, they won't do it again. It's actually like the opposite. Where, like, if you punish somebody for something, only they do more. it even more. Which is, like... like rever-
0: It's like that thing when, like, the kid that grew up in the house where their parents didn't let them do anything usually go crazier when they're on their own. Yeah. And usually the parents that gave their kids a little bit of freedom growing up and let them do their thing and experiment here and there are way more chilled out because they got, they were able to learn along the way. Yeah.
1: It's like one of those things where it's like, as a parent, you kind of have to accept that your kid is going to like, like your parents are always trying to protect you from making the mistakes that they made. Right. Yeah. But sometimes like you just have to make the mistakes
0: like yourself on your own to learn the lesson. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, uh, like you were kind of saying, the parents don't want their kids to make the same mistakes or do the same bad things that they were doing when they were our age. But I don't know. I've kind of come to the conclusion that I already know my kid's going to be doing that shit. So I'm just going to try to keep like open lines of communication. So when the time comes, we can be smart about it and yeah. him, him not feel like he can't or he, he or she uh or they feel like they uh can't come to me about shit like that. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, there's got to be... you. You have to... I, I mean, I don't know, because I haven't been a parent. I'm when I get there I guess I'll figure it out, but it's all about having the balance of being their friend but also being their parent. Because if yeah. you're too much of their friend, then they'll fucking take advantage of you. That's just how people are. They'll all yeah. to take advantage of a good thing. But if they fear you in all parts, then they'll never really want to talk to you or be open and then that creates a lot of problems too. Yeah. But uh I don't know, do you feel like the old school parent and like family roles are still embraced too, like how uh like depending on where you live or what your religion is, it definitely also plays a part, but uh I don't know, do you think like the thing about the the man of the house is the breadwinner and the the woman in the house or the female uh has to take care of the family, cook, clean, etc., I don't do you think they're embraced more now or Def, definitely not. Like, like
1: the, if you, I feel like, I mean, na- yeah, that was a given. Like, obviously it's no, yeah, like <laughs> nowadays, like if, if you tell, like, say you meet, a, like I met my girlfriend in college, like, and she's in med school now. Am I supposed to tell her? Oh yeah. Like you got to like stay home with the kids and give up your career. Like that, that's not, not going to, that's isn't? not going to fly. I I would never, I would never say that. And Like now with like kids i definitely feel like kids have more autonomy now than they did before and this is something that like we didn't even think or talk about before recording this but with autonomous cars do you do you think like the do you think like a 12 year old kid would be allowed to like hop in like the autonomous
0: car in the future and just like go to his friend's house I mean, I want to say no, but I feel like a lot of the shit that I thought wouldn't be real when we got here where we are now is now, like, yeah. real. I don't know. I mean, like, if that could happen, that would be sick. But I also feel like in order to have fully autonomous, like, driving and for that kind of thing to be real, all cars on the road have to be autonomous. Like, it would have to be all or nothing because if you have a kid that can't even actually operate the vehicle, but then he's posed or he, she, I don't know why I keep saying he, but if, I'm just thinking from my perspective, but if they're in the car and then all of a sudden something happens where they need to control the car and they don't know how, then like, that's it.
1: Like, I mean rip. like companies like Zooks, like their concepts for the like autonomous it's a, vehicles. You, like You actually don't even need to drive it. Like it doesn't have a steering wheel. Like you, oh. you like get in and it's like two, ro- it's like two bench seats that face each other. And it's like the shape of like a VW bus. And you just like yeah. go wherever the f- you just, I guess, put your destination in like on a screen or on your phone and then you just get there. I feel like that with some kind of parental lock could be, like, huge in the future.
0: Like, I definitely. No, that's a good It's like, good point.
1: car, go drive my kid to school.
0: And then come back, and it'll just do it all. And, I mean, shit, I guess it's the whole point, right? We try to invent things that make all our lives easier. Yeah. I wonder how long it would take to get to that point. I, dude, there are a lot. I, they were saying in 2020 we'd have self, like, fully like, flying, flying cars, cars yeah, yeah, flying 2015. Yeah, <laughs> And uh, we're a little behind that, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I mean, I definitely agree. I kind of just posed a question so we could talk about it. But just continuing on the point that I was saying before, like, I think it's just our generation pushing the boundaries and questioning why things are the way they are when they don't make a whole lot of sense to us. When it probably made a whole lot of sense to the generations before. That's uh, now I thought of this good point. Like, it's kind of like how when people made the constitution all the shit in the rules apart from like the racism and shit like they all made a lot of sense given the the state of the country and how the population was and shit but now to apply those rules to hundreds of millions of people it makes less sense so maybe like back in the day these things made sense but now they don't really make that much sense yeah yeah um talk about stereotypes and statistics
1: all right so all right, it wouldn't be an episode of Black Box if we didn't, like, just, like, dump a bunch of statistics on you. So we're going to do that right now, actually. So I'm quoting a bunch of stuff from Business Insider. Uh, this uh, ties back to what we were talking about before with, like, the career progression and work ethics of different generations. So... A special report by The Economist editor Robert Guest suggests that young people between the ages of 15 and 30 may lead tougher lives than we think. Um, and by we, I'm assuming that's like the older generations. Young people actually score higher on intelligence tests. And, uh, a lot, of, a lot of this, like th- these reports attribute that to like better nutrition and mass education. Mass education obviously makes sense, but uh, better nutrition, like, I I guess, like, you got to feed your brain and stuff, but whatever. Uh, And not only that, the article states that the younger generations will be making more money than their elders in the future as well. All right, so the... Job market is obviously very competitive in the US and in other countries around the world, which, like, it always makes it tougher for young people with minimal or no experience to land a good job and to start their career on, like, a good path. According to Guest, over 25% of young people in middle income nations and 15% in rich ones are categorized as NEETS. That's N E E T S and that stands for not in education employment or training which basically is just like unemployed or un, i guess they're not even doing anything yeah yeah so making matters worse the soaring cost of higher education so like what we were talking about before with how college is just getting more and more expensive every year causes students to accumulate more debt and the number of bachelor degree recipients who graduate with student loans has more than doubled since the mid nineteen eighties. Which obviously, is, if college gets much more expensive, you're sometimes you just have to take out a loan to be able to uh, invest your in yourself in that way. And yeah, that last bit was according to the Wall Street Journal. All right, I'm gonna give like a like just a quick like one sentence summary about each generation according to miningpeople.com so for the baby boomers they say that they're extremely hard working and motivated by position, perks and prestige for uh, for Gen Y or millennials, they're frequently high maintenance but most experts agree that they have more potential than their previous generations and they're like more flexible and adaptable just because they grew up Uh, having to adapt to new technologies and stuff like that and then gen z is obviously the generation of technology um we're known for not having basically our written communication has shit grammar because everyone texts and you don't really have to write with your hand that much anymore and uh they actually said that they think Additional training and coaching is needed in the business field for communication and grammar for Gen Z employees, which I kind of I, I find kind of funny. And just to add on to that, uh, they also stated at the end. I know I said one sentence per generation, but Gen Z, like we we got to talk a little bit more about. We that. We got to gas it, of course, of course. So, uh, the website mentioned that. Gen Z are more focused on earning good wages and working in stable work environments than people like the older people like assume. So a lot of older people will say like, oh, you don't like you're too lazy. You don't care about anything. Whereas
0: subconsciously and according to like probably just value money less where where they they still care about getting a good paying job, but it might appear that way because they don't. They're not willing to sacrifice their mental health for a little bit more money, which maybe yeah. the other generations would have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, each generation gets more and more tech savvy, as uh, Ahmed mentioned, where the millennials having to be uh, part of that transition, and now Gen Z. You know, we, we grew up in that, but uh, basically, our parents and other generations were much more out of the loop. On anything that's you know been cutting edge in terms of technology and i feel like it'll reach a point i mean it'll definitely reach a point where we're in the same position and uh we're gonna be old heads we're, someday. yeah we're basically gonna be old heads that are not gonna want to adapt and change as readily as the new generation because you know we grew up on something that's familiar and it's difficult to change everything that you once knew in terms of how things function but yeah,
1: and we, we could even, like, tie this back into tech. Like, I don't know about you. I mean, I'm sure this is the same for you, but, like, I feel like with younger generations, like, mo- at least most of my investments are in tech and or tech companies Yeah, just because tech is the future. Like, there's no denying that. Like, I'm not going to go invest in a mining company right now. Like, it might it might be good for some, like, precious metals or something like that, but... I'm putting the bulk of my investments in tech and these companies that are going to change the world. I mean, every year,
0: I don't think I have a single stock that's not tech related in some way. And they might not be, they're all in the general tech sector. They go into certain niches, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had other holdings that were more conservative, but I mean, at this age, I'm trying to make money. Like I want a Lambo (laughs) right now. I ain't trying to buy a Lambo (laughs) when I'm 50. Yeah. No, no i definitely but that's also because once again it's what we're familiar with exactly like these older people are used to not older people but older generations like we said are in, interested in investing in boomer stocks but that's probably also because these companies around the come up when they were like around
1: yeah and I, I mean people that invested in like exxon Mobil 20 30 years ago they probably made like
0: shit ton of money
1: yeah so much money because exxon Mobil is like, one of the biggest companies in the country, but like their stock is horizontal, and that isn't to the moon. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not buying it. It. <laughs> they don't want it. But it has an eight percent dividend. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any dividend holdings? I mean, Apple pays a dividend, but you it's still hold them? fucking. You're still holding. Shit. Yeah, I mean, have, they,
0: have you lost a good amount on them? Because aren't they in a the sell-off right now?
1: App. I mean, yes, but I'm still up like a lot on apple just because i, I I've, been, it, well, I've been i've yeah. been buying into apple like for the past few, couple over, of years over, right? yeah over months like i don't i i think like if i have buying power and i don't know what to do with it i usually just
0: put it in apple just i mean that's a pretty smart bet because they're obviously the future this is just a little hiccup but they're going they're going up yeah all right well this wraps up our third episode uh you know, we've really been enjoying making the content for whoever's listening out there. Even if it's no one, this is pretty fun. <laughs> uh, no, but once again, thank you uh, for tuning into Black Box. Please leave us feedback. You know, uh, we've released three episodes now and we, you know, we want to make sure that we're doing a good job or take any suggestions.
1: Yeah. Uh, reach out to us via our email, blackboxsubmission at gmail.com for any feedback ideas or any types of cool conversation that we could have we got our social media up and running on twitter and instagram so go check us out at black box podcast without the a in black though because some asshole took it with the a so that's blck box podcast we'll link our accounts in the show notes thanks again for listening (laughs)